So this morning we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit. And Pastor James has done a really nice job introducing the topic. And then a couple weeks later he talked about the Holy Spirit as a person. He's not a force, but he's a person. And I want to continue along that theme by talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I don't want the Holy Spirit to be just somebody that, well, you once read about him. Or he's famous and he's on the news or something. But you don't know him personally. And so today we're going to talk about being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. What is that like? And at the very end, I'm going to give you a chance to be in the Holy Spirit's presence. And for some of you, that might be a little bit of a new thing. But I'll set it up so that it's really easy and you're not going to have to stand up. You're not going to have to do anything. You can just sit there so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but I'm going to give you a chance. If you've never been in His presence, we'll give you a couple of minutes for, for you to actually be in His presence. So why does it matter if we're in the Holy Spirit's presence? It's because there we get to know what He is really like. If you're a mountain climber and you're hanging on the side of a cliff on a rope, I don't do that, but I see watch people sometimes who do. They're not going to let somebody they've never met hang on to the top of the rope. They're going to want somebody that they really know and that they trust. Somebody in whose presence they have been for long enough that they know what that person is really like. Daniel understood that because he wrote, the people who know their God will do exploits. So how do we get to know God? And it's not, oh, I know I read about him on a blog, or I read about him in the internet, or even I read about him in my Bible. It's, I know in my heart, I have this personal relationship with him. I've done things with him. I've talked to him. I talked to him yesterday. I talked to him this morning. And you have that knowing. I know who he is. I know James. I know Nick. I could point at many others in here and say, I know you. And if we were mountain climbing, I would trust you to hang on to the top of that rope. And we need to be in that place with God. That's why we need to spend time in His presence. And it's so important to do that. Now, as we move towards that, I want you to just consider, I'm sure that many of you have talk to somebody and they've said, listen, there's somebody I want you to meet. And so I want to just talk about what that process looks like if you're meeting another person. Because we're going to follow that same process as, we, as I introduce you to the Holy Spirit. So if I say, listen, there's somebody I want you to meet, the first thing you say is, tell me more. Who is it? What are they like? I want to know. I want to know who's this person. Before I go to the trouble of going with you over to meet them, I want to know who are they like. Am I going to want to know them? And maybe you're thinking, well, I wonder if they have a blog. And the kids and my wife, they're very internet savvy. And, uh, oh yeah, this person, there's their picture. I found a picture for you, okay? And so you want to know, what are they like? Where can you look up some more information about them? Do they have a Facebook page? You want to know a little bit about them so you're sure that you really want to get to know them. And then when you finally made that decision, yes, I'd like to get to know them, then there's some things that you do. So, um, maybe I'm going to meet my new dean at some point, all right? And so I think, I wonder what they're like. I wonder what they like. 
So there's somebody that, that I got to meet, somebody fairly famous, that, that I'm, I'm not going to drop names here, but somebody fairly famous, and somebody said to me, you know what, they love mint chocolate. And so my wife and I, my wife is good at finding this kind of stuff, and so I know exactly where they have that kind of chocolate. And so we went out and we got some. And so when I went to pick him up at the airport, I made sure I had some mint chocolate, okay? What do they like? What, does, what do, do they dislike? You want to know that. Well, they just hate if you wear pink, okay? So you're not going to wear pink or something. But you want to know a little bit about what do they like and what is it that they don't like. I'm always thinking when I go to see my dean, oh, today's the day I'm going to see my dean or my chair, and so I make sure that I put on a fresh shirt and a decent-looking shirt, right, and, and, and so on. All right, and don't be late. <laughs> These are just some of the things you do in preparation for meeting a person, and there's a couple of things that we do in preparation for meeting the Holy Spirit as well. And then when you actually go and you shake their hand for the first time, you go and you shake their hand for the first time, all of a sudden you know something about them that you never understood from the internet. You feel they shake, Adam gave me a nice handshake here. He strikes me as a friendly person. I want to get to know Adam some more. <laughs> There's things that you can only tell when you're in the person's presence. And it's the same with God. There are things you can only tell. There's things you'll never learn. doesn't matter how much you read and how many theology books you have. You'll never understand these things until you're in God's presence. That's why this matters. And when you spend some time with somebody, you say, you know, I never understood why they wrote this or why they thought this way. But when you're in, your pre- in their presence, suddenly you start to understand. Oh, that's why they wrote that. Now I get it. Yes, I understand. That's a wise thing that they said. But I couldn't get it before until I shook hands with them. And I had a little conversation. Now I get who they are. And I get why they think that way. It's the same with God. When you spend time in His presence, then suddenly some of those things where He writes, love your enemies, that, that, in, your, in your mind that doesn't make any sense at all. But when you start to know God on that personal level, then those things, oh, I, I'm starting to get it. So this morning, there's somebody that I would like you to meet. And that's the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, tell me more. I want to know more about this person. Well, his name is the Holy Spirit. And I decided to have a little fun with this, as you can tell. So, if you understand a blog to be something that somebody has written over time with entries that relate to the previous entries and that relay more information and maybe a more advanced understanding of something than you would have if you hadn't read the previous entries, then God has written a blog too. I forgot to bring my copy up here this morning. But you know what it looks like. (laughs) This is God's blog. All right? He talked to Adam. And then he talked to Moses, and he had staff who wrote the blog, okay? Moses was one of his staff, and Moses wrote this chunk of the blog for him. God was busy doing something else, so he had Moses actually write the blog for him. 
All right, and you read a little bit further, and, and then there was this guy by the name of Isaiah, and he wrote all kinds of interesting things. And if you look carefully in Isaiah, you'll see that he mentions certain times. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And so he actually gives the dates on those different entries in the blog that Isaiah wrote. And then when Isaiah uh, moved on, then there was John, and the Apostle John, okay, and he lived with Jesus, and then he wrote a bunch of blog entries about Jesus. And then you go on, and later on was Paul. And these people all wrote blog entries. And so if you want to know a little bit, before you go and meet him, you can read the blog and find out a bit about what is the Holy Spirit like. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't exactly have a Facebook account, but I can assure you, he's got lots of followers. So, this is the person I would like you to meet. I can tell you a little bit about him. Now, there's some more blog entries. I want to actually just read a couple of these blog entries this morning. There was a guy by the name of Joel, and he wrote about the Holy Spirit. He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Another guy by the name of David, and this was a guy who had lots of time to spend outdoors, under the stars, in the evenings, listening to the sheep. And as he spent this time, he got to know the Holy Spirit. He spent time with the Holy Spirit. And he said, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David wrote lots of blog entries. You know Psalm 23. Psalm 91 is one of my favorites. Again, it talks about dwelling or being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, whoever dwells in, this, in, the, in the presence or in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And he, goes, and, he, and he goes on to say, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my strength. My God in whom I trust. And you can, that's a fantastic psalm. And I encourage you, if you don't, haven't memorized it, to memorize it. It's a good one, especially with the times that are coming. That's a really good psalm to have in your back pocket. So you can just pull it it out and think about it whenever you need it. Jesus also spoke a blog entry that John wrote down and he said, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so even Jesus made this comment from a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He knew the Holy Spirit, and so he wrote this entry, and he said, He is like this. And we could list a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. This is not intended to be a complete list. These are just some things that, that I wrote down as I thought about some of my interactions with the Holy Spirit. One time I was in a hotel in Europe and I had to catch a plane and I had to leave my hotel at four in the, or I had to get up at four in the morning in order to catch the, the, I forget how I was getting to the airport, but to get to the airport in time. And I'd set my alarm and I didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't go off or I didn't hear it. And the phone rang at four in the morning and I picked it up and there was nobody on the other line, on the other end, and it didn't say, hello, this is a such and such hotel. This is your wake-up call. Thank you for staying with us. We hope... There, nothing. 
And, and so just out of curiosity, when I went down to the desk to check out, I said, did somebody give me a wake-up call this morning? And he looked up. No? So what do you do with that? I, I think the Holy Spirit was doing something so that I didn't miss my flight. Does he care about me missing my flight? I guess he does, all right? But these are the kinds of things I learned about the Holy Spirit, that he's kind and gentle, all right? From lots and lots of times, he reminds me about things. And how do I know it's not just my own voice? It's because he reminds me about stuff that I know for sure I'm not going to need during that day anyway. And my own mind, I'd say, I don't need that. That's a stupid idea to take that along to work this morning. And I'm starting to get a little smarter. I said, okay, but I'm going to stick it in my backpack anyway. And guess what happens? Something unexpected happens during the day. And I, oh, I do have, I, I have that in my backpack this morning. Okay? So uh, what do you do with that? Well, you can't explain that psychologically because that doesn't make sense. Clearly God is, again... Caring, encouraging me, doing all these little things. And I encourage you to get to know Him and get to hear His voice. You can do it. Today you're going to hear the God's voice. And I encourage you to get to know Him. Again, these are just some of the things that I can tell you from my personal experience. This is what the Holy Spirit is like. Following him still often feels like hanging off the side of a cliff on the end of a rope, but I at least know he's holding the top of the rope, and I have confidence, although I'm not over my fra- uh, being afraid of heights, but I'm still, <laughs> I have some confidence at least he's not going to let go of the rope at the top because I know him, I have experiences with him. So this is the person I want you to meet today. The next thing is some things you might want to do to get ready to meet him. And just to sort of put this in context, should you want to meet the queen? A few years ago, the queen came to Winnipeg when we lived there. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to meet the queen? And so I poked around a little bit, and and in preparation for today, I went to the BBC site. They should know, I would think, about what you're supposed to do. And so I just summarized a couple of the do's. If the queen were to come and you were to have the chance to be in her presence, you're supposed to curtsy or bow. If she approaches you, the correct address to use is your majesty. And then in subsequent references to her, it's ma'am. Rhymes with jam. And an important thing, they put a big, uh, they, they, they're very clear on this, make sure that you arrive early. You're going to meet the queen. There's some things you don't do too. You don't speak to her unless you're addressed by her. You never touch her. Obama and, and Michelle Obama, had a, there was a big thing, in the, at least in the British newspaper, she put her arm around her majesty. Imagine that. Big, big breach of protocol there. Good intention, but I'm just saying, okay? And, and I could, there were three or four things that, that have happened, even, even our own David Johnson, he Okay, you guys all know, this all shows up in the news. This is protocol, and you don't turn your back on Her Majesty, and forget the selfies, they're not going to (laughs) happen. So, if you should want to meet the Queen, these are the things you would like to want to know. And if you're going to meet the Holy Spirit, there's some things that you want to know too. And so I've listed some do's and don'ts. 
And the dues I'm going to represent with a bridge. This is a bridge that helps you to get and to connect with the Holy Spirit. And the don'ts, well, there's a traffic barrier, okay? You live in Waterloo, you know instantly what that picture is. <laughs> All right, so here's, this is not a comprehensive list, and I'm not trying to, trying, to, uh, trying to preach about this, but here's one of the things. If you have sin, known sin in your life, then it's hard to connect with the Holy Spirit because you're busy thinking about these things, the turmoil and the distraction that's there. And I'm not trying to reduce in any way the theological importance of sin, okay, and, and what it does. But I'm just wanting to give it a little different slant today. All right, because it separates you from God. When you're doing something wrong, you know the turmoil that's in your life. And not only is it hard to connect with the Holy Spirit, but it's hard to talk to your wife or your spouse or your kids because this turmoil is going on inside. And so it's no surprise that if that turmoil is there from the sin, that it's going to be harder to speak to the Holy Spirit and to connect with Him. So the good news is that's not hard to solve. You just repent of it, and, and, then, and then you're in a good position to hear him. Um, it says in Matthew, Jesus said these words, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you want to see God? Do you want to have this relationship? Do you want to meet, go over and walk over and say hi to Adam and see him? Okay, it's the same thing. And, and this gives us the clue on how to do it. Another thing that is a, a barrier is striving. You know, in Western society, we are so busy focusing on all the self-help books and how you can do stuff better, all right? And we end up trying to do stuff better in our faith, too. And that's where we get on the wrong path. Because we try and and do stuff ourselves. And the problem is that then we take confidence in ourselves for anything that turns out, I did pretty good, didn't I? Right. And the other problem is that the focus becomes on ourself rather than God. And so we don't want striving. As it says, as Zachariah wrote down in the blog, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That's how the really important things get done. The things of value, the things that will last. Here's another big one. I'm personally really working on this thing, and, but I, I'm finally getting it under control. This problem of busyness. Because it keeps our focus on the emergency that we have to deal with at this moment and the next moment. It covers with us with layers and layers of got to get this done, got to get that done, and we sink further and further and further. And... Um, and, and it just causes, it leaves no moments for contemplation of deeper truth. And so, there, I, I could name lots of people up and down my street and up and down the hall where I work. They're just so busy that they don't even have time to have a little conversation about, well, what about God? Does God, fit, uh, look, I've got to get this done and I've got to get that done and the law needs to get done and on and on and on. And there's no moments, there's no seconds to think about some bigger things that matter. And so this is why this is one of the things that is a barrier to knowing God and especially to spending time or looking to the Holy Spirit. In the Psalms it says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. That is a picture of our times. Now, there's, I want to show you some things. And, and each of these things you know what to do to, to, to work and, and, and get rid of these barriers. I want to show you some things that are bridges to the Holy Spirit.
The first one is salvation. Now, people who do not know God, who are not actively following God, can still hear God. How do you think you got from running away from God to starting to know God? How do you think that happened? Because God talked to you before. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in that other space, God talks to us and starts to draw us to himself. But if you have chosen to follow Jesus, then it is much easier to hear God's voice. It says, no one can come to the Father, and no one can come to me, Jesus said, unless the Father who sent me draws him. And he goes on, and in another place he says, to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So you suddenly have a right to, become, to be a child of God if you have accepted, if you have believed in the name of Jesus. This is the start of an official and ongoing relationship with God. Something happens on that day when you say, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he forgives my sin. I choose to follow him. Suddenly there's this contract drawn up. I was going to use the word contract and I thought, no, that's part of it. But I want to say it's an official. And it's an official relationship with him. The next thing is prayer. This is another bridge where you learn to spend time with the Holy Spirit. If you understand prayer, to not be I bring this laundry list and you read it off to God, but if you understand it to be having a conversation, a two-way conversation with God, then that's another really good place to get to know the Holy Spirit, to spend time with Him. My sheep hear my voice, it says in John. I know them and they follow me. Communication is the basis of any relationship. And if you understand prayer to be a two-way conversation, it makes all the difference. The next thing is the fruit of the Spirit. Why does the Bible talk so much about developing these fruit of the Spirit? Frankly, it's a lot of work. (laughs) There, I said it. It's a lot of work. Why bother? Why do you learn to have patience and kindness and goodness? Those aren't worldly values. Well, one of the reasons is that those fruit come out of the disciplines of faith. And so fasting and reading your Bible and all the other disciplines of faith help you to develop those fruit. And you want them because they lead you to a place where you have an appropriate attitude towards God and to other people and the ability to wait on God. Sometimes when you're talking to the Holy Spirit, you have to wait for a while. There's some questions I have been asking him about and it's been months. And sometimes it's years, sometimes it's seconds, but sometimes it's longer. And if you have patience and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, then you can wait and you can take the time. And maybe God isn't giving you an answer yet because the setting isn't right for you to know the answer. Because when he tells you the answer, he wants you to be able to step into this new thing or whatever it is. And so that's why the fruit of the Spirit are important to being in the presence of God. And the, the next one I want to mention is the gifts of the Spirit. And I know there are, depending on how you count them, something like 26. I'm just mentioning this, the nine here that are the more mm, evident ones, the more manifest ones, the ones that are more different fr- from, a, from a natural equivalent. So some people might be good administrators. Other people have a gift of administration and that's a little bit different, but they are related and they look a little bit the same. Whereas, 
uh, a word of prophecy looks totally different for there's no secular equivalent to that. And so I'm just listing those nine here just um, partly, well, just because I wanted to focus on them a little bit more. And what I want to say is that when those gifts are in operation, it can totally change the spiritual atmosphere in just a moment and make it easy for people to connect with God. It says in 1 Corinthians, unbelievers will worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. And I've seen this happen many, many times where a prophetic word was given or where someone was healed and all the people around, they knew that God was there. It just totally changed things. And somebody could have stood up at the front at a, at a, a chalkboard or something and talked for half an hour about God and it wouldn't have made any difference. But you see God do something supernatural and tangible and you don't need the blackboard, okay? And you know that God is really there. And so, I want to just talk about how we are going to spend just a few moments in his presence. And what you'll find is that maybe God is a little different than you expected. Maybe I saw pictures of Adam online and I thought he's like this. And then when I went over and shake his hand and he gives me a nice firm handshake and so on. Oh, oh, he's a little different than I expected. Not inconsistent, but just a little different. Now I better understand what God is like and I understand why he says what he says. Now, uh, there's when the queen came to Winnipeg, I didn't get a nice fancy engraved card saying, would you come over to the banquet that the queen is going to be at? I don't know why they didn't ask me, but they didn't. <laughs> Instead, the queen had a walkabout, and she, just, she walked on this path outside, and there was a chance for people to stand there, all right? And she came by in front of me, and she, <laughs> she didn't shake my hand. She didn't stop or anything. But I did have a chance to sort of be in her presence, and I learned something about her as she walked by. And so I didn't have a chance to learn all the how to curtsy and all that kind of thing. And so this morning, even if you say, well, I don't have a lot of the fruit of the Spirit and I don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit, I have good news for you. There's another way that you can spend a little bit of time with God this morning. And this is also for people who might be listening to the podcast. This is for kids. This is for anybody who's interested in knowing God and connecting with Him. So, what I'm going to do is I want to just set some things up so that you will be able to sit in your seat in, in a few moments and just have a little conversation with the Holy Spirit. You might be thinking, well, this isn't my home church. I don't know about this. i just give you a chance. I just want you to take a minute. When I, when I, in a few moments, when I set things up, this is for you too. Um, I want to say that I've helped people to listen to the Holy Spirit in a lot of different settings. One of the settings was in downtown Toronto. I was there with some friends, and, and a young woman came up to us, and she was in the new age. She was very much into that. And we said to her, you know, we, we realized we could have spent 20 minutes trying to explain how God is different than some of the stuff she connected with in the, through her new age stuff. But what came, what came to us is, would you like to just spend a moment with the Holy Spirit and find out what he's like? She said, okay, sure. And so we just did something very much like this little setup 
I'll, I'll finish explaining it. And, and if you, about a minute later, I said to her, what's the Holy Spirit like? Oh, she said, he's so pure. And so she had this experience and she contrasted it so easily with some of the other stuff she had been in contact with in the New Age. And so you don't need the music playing in the background. You don't need to be in church. You don't even need to be a believer and you can connect with the Holy Spirit. He wants to talk to us. He's got important things to say. Now, I want to talk just a little bit about what is it like when you hear God speaking to you. You see, there's a place in your mind where you live and where you talk to yourself. And so when I was practicing my message over this week, that's the place I went and I was speaking the message to myself, thinking about what am I going to say to you and working out some of the words and phrases. And of course, the Holy Spirit's helping me this morning. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so smooth as it has been. But the point is, there's that place in your mind where you speak to yourself. Now, sometimes you speak to yourself in words, sometimes in pictures, sometimes in ideas. Now, you know that other entities have access to that place. Sometimes you'll be doing something and the enemy will tempt you and he will drop a picture or an idea or something. Oh, James doesn't really like me, okay? Something like that. And he will drop that in there. And so you're not the only person that has access to that space. Now, God also has access to that same space. And usually when he speaks, it's a still small voice. It's a quiet voice. And so you have to listen for him. Whereas the enemy doesn't care and he just comes in and makes a big mess, okay, and dumps junk into that space. God wants to talk to you. And so he comes in a gentle voice and wants to talk to you. And so a big part of hearing God's voice is to be mindful of that space in your head where you speak to yourself and to be listening there because God comes into that same room and he sometimes draws on the wall and he draws a picture for you or he talks to you and you hear his voice and it won't be like an audible voice it won't be like you hear my voice normally usually it's this quiet this still small voice and so you learn to listen for that voice So, there's more than your own voice that goes in that place. That place operates a little bit like a smartphone. It can receive voice and pictures and ideas. Now, when you listen to God's voice, you have to understand what it says in Luke, 12, in, in Luke 11, where it says, Which of you, if you ask your son for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask for a fish, will give him a snake? And so when you ask God to speak to you, you need to say, God, I'm expecting you to give me something that's really from you and something that's good. And so he will do exactly that. You might be surprised at what the Holy Spirit would say to you. So I might go over and talk to Adam. I hope you don't mind I'm picking on you this morning, Adam. I might go over to him and we have a conversation about something and he'll say something to me that's completely unexpected to me. He might even say something that goes against some ideas I hold. 
It's the same when you talk to a natural person, that those are natural things that happen. When you speak to the Holy Spirit, it will be the same. You might be surprised at what He's going to say to you. A lot of people are afraid to listen to the Holy Spirit because they think, you know, He knows I kicked the dog this morning, I slammed the door yesterday, (laughs) okay? And you think that's what He's going to want to talk about. You might be really surprised at what He wants to talk about. And you might be quite surprised that the things he's going to say might go against some of the ideas or some of the things you thought were true. But one of the songs we sang this morning said, You are life. You bring love. You bring light to the darkness. That is how you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Because he will do exactly those things. He will bring light to things that you didn't understand. I was once walking into a classroom and I had spent hours trying to figure out this certain idea in statistics. I I don't really work in statistics, but they needed me to teach this course and uh, a lot of the course had gone along okay. And I was just really stuck on this one idea. I just couldn't get it. And I was walking in the class and I thought, well, I can repeat what I read in the book at least, you know, it'll be something. Normally, this is the worst That was the worst setup I ever had for a lecture in my whole life. Normally, I know the stuff dead cold, but this was just one of... I had spent hours at it. I talked to people. I just couldn't get it. Anyway, as I was walking in, the Holy Spirit just explained it to me. Well, that was easy. How come I couldn't get that? And he just explained it to me as I walked into class. You bring light to the darkness. I know that. I know that. I have personal experience of that. And so when I hang on to the end of this rope, I know what the person is like at the top of the rope. The other thing I want to say to you is when, we, when, when you're going to listen to God, listen to the first voice you hear. Because God will say, I love you or something like that. And you'll say, I'm not good enough to love. You will, the natural thing is for you to put in the second voice that counteracts this generous thing that God is saying to you. Or occasionally the enemy will come in, but more often it's your own voice. So listen to that first voice. And my experience is when I talk to God, he usually answers before I finish the question. And that's a really good indicator. It doesn't always happen. And, and you have to be ready to listen. It'll almost be like somebody speaking from the back of the church here, okay? Oh, you have to be ready to listen for it. Uh, You will come to know God's voice. You'll say, I know what his voice sounds like. And it's not like you recognize a man's voice is different in tone than a woman's voice, but at a certain point you will know. So if my kids leave me notes, even if I can't make out the handwriting or discern the handwriting, I say, oh, I know who that's from. That's from Ben or that's from Blake or whatever, all right? You just sort of know the kinds of messages they send and the language they use. The other thing, the last thing I want to say to you in setting this up is, have a dialogue. So if I go over and I talk to James and I say, how are you? Fine. End of conversation, okay? So don't do that. God might give you a short answer. Say, well, tell me more. <laughs> okay? So I encourage you as you have this little discussion with God in the next couple of minutes that, that you be ready to have a little bit of a dialogue with them. So Andrea, I'm going to get you to please play some music for us. You don't need the music to hear God's voice. I've, I've, I've helped people to hear God's voice in, in situations that were so noisy you could hardly hear yourself think. All right? So you don't need the music, but just to give you a little bit of private space this morning,